0: Hey Zwifters and welcome to the Zwiftcast and it's a special episode here from the RV of uh, DC Rainmaker. Hey Ray. How
1: you doing?
0: And uh, good day mate Shane, how you doing? Good morning, I'm very well. Uh, Here we are at Eurobike guys, Uh, we spent yesterday trudging the halls looking at all the new stuff. And uh, I think we're probably going to do the same again today, aren't we Shane? And the next day as well.
2: Ray, have you got your stuff done yet? Plenty
0: of time. i got like at least four hours after the next <laughs> next release. Well, was the Wahoo Climb the show stealer? I think we might think it is, and we'll, uh, we'll get to that. We'll discuss that shortly. Um, did the smart bike revolution finally get started? Another point for discussion that we'll be going into in some depth later on. And um, Zwift. uh, This is a podcast for Zwifters, so we've got to talk about Zwift. Zwift, I feel, kind of came of age at this show. Uh, They had their own stand for the first time. Big presence, 80-inch TV... Um, and there was a, just before Eurobike, there was a, uh, an industry summit uh, called the Zwift Summit. All the big players of the indoor industry together in one room. Ray, do you think that was a sign of Zwift? consciously taking leadership
2: in this space? Definitely. I mean, there's no doubt. And they had everyone that was in that room. It was the who's who of the trainer world and the power meter world, um, which was interesting. That was actually both trainer companies and power meter companies there. It wasn't just trainer companies.
0: I mean, is Rift have definitely been a catalyst? Mm-hmm. Is it time now for them to be a leader?
2: I think they can be. Um, at the same time, I think they've also got kind of to balance that there are other apps out there. Mm-hmm. And those apps are really, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> those apps are certainly very popular as well. I mean, Trainer Roads uh, was in it well before Zwift was, and uh, they were the, the big dog uh, for quite a while. And so, they're still are a big dog as well. Um, and so, there's an element of that where you know we've got to make sure that if they want to be part of that industry leadership, then I think if, from a trainer standpoint, then I think maybe it's more than just Zwift as an app, it's the indoor training summit without the Zwift in front of it.
0: Shane, let's get another bit of Zwift business out of the way early on in the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a survey popped up in the community, or people reported, the survey itself wasn't in the community, but people reported they'd been sent a survey. And of course, the big thing that caught people's eye, as you would expect, was some questions about a price rise. Mm -hmm. And it looks, and in fact, Eric confirmed to me, uh, for public consumption, but not with many details, that they are definitely quite a long way down the road to considering a price rise which it's not surprising really is it now it's been it's been a beta a long time it's been around for three years it's ten dollars a month Mm -hmm. i mean you're on record of saying ten dollars a month is too cheap yeah for sure for my usage that is yeah for sure i mean i kind of agree with you i have to say but i think it's quite difficult for people like us and i hate to use this word but i suppose we are seen as influencers to say they're doing the right thing by raising money, it kind of makes you sound uh, uh, by raising prices. It mm-hmm. makes you sound a little bit like a corporate lacking, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in this kind of war between the corporates and the consumer. But very long lead up. Do you think a price rise is justified?
3: Well, we've seen Zwift go from well back in the day. You and I right, we were riding around Jarvis Island, six kilometers with nothing else there, and we were the. When it went to $10 per month, we were had, we had a few more options to try, ride with, people to ride with, lots more people to do events with. Mm. But nowadays, you're looking at other features being added. So the experience is growing a lot. And the support of that's going to cost them a little bit more as well. Yeah. We've got support for more hardware that's out there, and more testing of that. More people. Um, I mean, they now employ 120 people. Well, exactly. They've got to cover that. But now I can get on into a group ride or a group race or a training ride with a professional coach. I can do Zwift Academy and all that. Mm. So the opportunity to
0: do more is there. And also there at Eurobike was a large contingent of Zwift staff, so I buttonholed the head of marketing, Steve Beckett, and asked him what he could tell us about any plans that might exist for a price rise.
1: We'd be very misguided not to ask our customers. So in asking our customers, we're acutely aware that that would spill over onto social media. So that's fine. And, you know, this heated debate in itself is great. additional research for us. The price has been the same for two years now and the... uh, The product is different. The product's vastly different. We've got a huge commitment to hiring more staff, investing in content all the time. So so if you go to a bike shop, you'll buy a trainer and you kind of got to go over there and buy a Zwift subscription. If you go to Zwift.com, you buy a Zwift subscription, you're like, I've got to go over there and buy a trainer. So, like, the customer journey... To, to us it might seem quite straightforward but to the average person on the street who's got a very busy life whose best friend isn't technology it's you know it's a bit of a challenge they're
0: definitely looking at various ways of packaging this up so it's going to be a little bit more palatable uh, they're looking at incentive schemes around buying trainers and this was something that came up at the Zwift Summit as well the Zwift are actually going to start uh, selling trainers, uh, uh, reselling uh, to be clear, not uh, reselling, not reselling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and there are going to be various packages available for people, but 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 down the road, it does look as though a price increase is coming. I think we'll probably know about it within within the next month or so. Um, grandfathering was a word that that was used as well, which uh, is unfamiliar. I, I, am I the only one who doesn't really understand what grandfathering is? That the is it grey hair we can now select in game? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think grandfathering is it's to reward people who were very early yeah, early yeah, adopters yeah, yeah, on yeah. Yeah, that. Looks as though it may happen too. Yeah. Yeah. Ray, the, the, the psychology of subscription payments for consumers is a really weird one. So we've got people here sitting on $1,000 trainers, they might have $3,000 bikes on them, and the subscription for a really innovative uh, service like like Swift goes up from, let's say, $10 a month to $12 a month, and there are howls of outrage. I mean, I don't think they're universal howls of outrage, but there are certainly some voices that say, this is outrageous, I'm walking away and never coming back what is it about subscription income that
2: makes people so touchy or is it just cyclists are awkward I think it's they don't own it I think mm. it's that they don't own at the end of the day mm. it, when they when they stop you know using that thing they don't own it any longer and I think that's what people behind the scenes mentally are, are can't necessarily grasp onto so yeah like if I think going from $10 to $12 is fine right I think I don't I think that's a justifiable thing. I'm not worried about that. I'd say if you try to go 20 bucks a month, I think that's mm-hmm. where it's like, well, you got to remember most of these athletes are also probably paying for some sort of training analysis software or coaching or something else behind the scenes. And certainly Zwift is trying to get more into the workout structural workout mm-hmm. game. But I think there's a long way to go there still. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's funny because I always look at it like you know, if you go from 10 to 20, or sorry, 10 to two, to 12 bucks, that's a two dollar difference. That's two gel packets. I, like I mean, it. for <laughs> yeah, for. A yeah, semi- one ride, one ride. Yeah, exactly. That's. I mean, you're talking <laughs> yeah. basically like an hour's worth of, yeah. of riding somewhere. Ooh, yeah. um, so I think you know sometimes we have to temper our our annoyance at price changes um, with the reality that our sport, especially for the longer endurance type athlete, is expensive. Okay. Well,
0: that's that's the kind of main Zwift business uh, out of the way
2: at the at
0: the top of the show. Um, the next big thing, really, which got everybody talking at Eurobike, was the Wahoo Climb. Um, the intent, the firm intention was to, was to launch this very innovative product at Eurobike, but as is often the case these days, there was a bit of a leak. Uh, I don't think it was deliberate, actually. I think no, what happened no. was that they put something up on a test site, mm-hmm. they allowed Google to search it, uh, somebody found it and guess what, it was all over the internet within within hours. And it did kind of slightly spoil the main launch, but not really actually. There was a huge amount of interest around the launch. And uh, here it is, here is the official launch at Eurobike of the Wahoo Climb. Well behind this shroud is the climb and it's about to be unveiled to an eager and waiting world.
4: This is it, the, uh, the kicker climb.
0: Thanks. Thanks for coming, everybody. Um, uh, I'm with Chip Hawkins, who is the big boss at Wahoo. Uh, Chip, we were just debating just before we started the camera about whether the climb is officially the show stealer. I I say it is. I I have to say I haven't seen everything else,
4: but um, it's been a fun day. How does it work? <laughs> I, I I can go really deep on that one if you like from a yeah from a communication perspective that's how it works it's just magic you just take it out of the box and it works um, from a mechanical point of view there's a, there's a few things going on you the, people can be heavy and you got to move them pretty fast so it's a big energy thing uh, consumer and there's a lot of there's a lot of power that we have to put in and out of that thing we really couldn't find anything you know there's a lot of linear actuators that are used in cars or um, you know there's a lot of mechanical parts typically when you're building a product you can go find things in a catalog there's nothing in a catalog from a catalog in that product that's why the price is where it is Is the cost is not at all where we hoped it would be but um, but yeah in order to meet the lift you know the load requirements and the speed requirements. We had to design our own transmission. Our own it has a belt drive, so we basically have a, a DC brushless motor in the bottom with a worm gear, which gives us the ability to not back drive. And back drive is where when you push on push on something or try to twist it, it'll actually spin. Well, we can't have that because if it's if it's turned off, we don't want you to slide down to negative 10 percent grade. So it's got a worm gear in the bottom, and then we drive a basically a carrier up and down with a with a. Um, with a carbon belt around a couple of pulleys, so it's it's not terribly high tech, but uh, but mechanically, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of
0: parts in there. And It's already generated a lot of debates amongst the people who are interested in this thing. So, let me go straight for the jugular on this one, Chip. Pointless gimmick or amazing innovation? <laughs> it's not either. Uh,
4: now I tell you what, I I wanted to do it, and I. I came up with the idea when I was riding, uh, doing a class at the office with a few other guys, and I was thinking, you know, Oh, and then I thought, you know, my mind went to, okay, that's kind of gimmicky. So I got intrigued enough that I had one of our engineers build one, and um, he brought it in, and I got on, and I started riding, and it didn't have its own motor, so he had a DeWalt cordless drill, and he stuck it on the top and said, are you ready, And and he hit the gun. And, and it was like an uh aha experience. So it's, it's not pointless at all. And it's, it, you know, it's not magic. You're not going to get, you know, people, it's not going to make you that much faster, but what it does is it gives you that one more element that you don't get when you're sitting at the same elevation all the time. So, you know, it it makes Zwift a lot more fun. I mean, that's going through the S turns, you know, at full power where you're going up and down, you're actually going up and down. That's uh, watching people today has been so fun because there's a, (gasps) wow kind of experience every time and that's been the that's been the part that it's like when when i build something and i get to see people go through that it's like okay i know it's gonna work because people love it just immediately so that that's good
0: okay ray i asked chip the question pointless gimmick or fantastic innovation what's what's your verdict
2: um i'd say like halfway in between um i think I think it's way it's it's really expensive obviously it five nine in us dollars and a bunch of other currencies that i can't keep track of it's certainly expensive um I think and you need a new kicker and you need a kicker. i think that's the kicker no pun intended <laughs> but that's that to me and when i first heard that my my heart both sank and got a little angry at the same time mm. um and i think once i understood at least on the the full-blown kicker and, and i know shane and i have like a to do to go and understand more clearly on the snap as to why precisely that doesn't work um i get why it doesn't work i get why they how they try to re-engineer it i get how the stumbles they ran into and in making that work like i understand it now it doesn't make happy but at least i'm not angry anymore about it um so that that i think is a big a big bummer because i think that would have been if you had said oh it's it's 599 but it works for all of our past kickers I think that's much more palatable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Still, I think it's, it's interesting. Like, I think it's something that it is fascinating, and I've rode it a little bit. Obviously, it's still a prototype, so it's not quite yeah. as smooth as, as I'd like it to be, but uh, they're going to get there. That's, that's just minor smoothing stuff. Um, it's cool. I think it's definitely cool. I don't know if I would spend the money, though, like that. That's, yeah, That's to it's, me, a it's a tough. lot to spend. Yeah. It's a lot to spend.
0: If it, if it were, if you could retrofit it, if you could mm-hmm. use it with the older version yeah. kickers, yeah, I think it would kind of be a no-brainer, really. And actually, when I spoke to Chip, he did say, actually, do you know what the worst that can happen is? It'll probably rub the paint off your off your frame, yeah. uh, but it might break your bike. So they've got to be very careful mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll go. We will go on to talk about that in a second. But but let me just get your
3: take on it, Shane. Is it a good thing? Like when you hit a hill, you have to go up. Mm. It does that. Mm. They set me on the S's. It does that immediately? Yeah, it does. It's, it just responds really well. They put me on the S's on Swift. a good little test. Probably 200 meters or so of road. The bike dropped out. Now, it didn't go up on me. We'd seen all the, uh, the press of this, of it going up. It raises yeah. up, it's the elevator, it's the mm. climb. It dropped down for mm. the first time. Mm. <laughs> I responded in true Aussie style with a few expletives as the handlebars <laughs> dropped out and they laughed. They said they wish they had caught that on tape. We probably couldn't publish it, but it got like, hang on, it wasn't hang on, I, yeah. but I did have to hang on. The first thing that got me though was the change in pressure points in the saddle, because yeah. that was never talked about. Because indoors, you are sitting on the saddle, it's like riding a fence, yeah. You know, it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. We, you can't see a resistance change, it just gets a little harder. You do get a little bit of relief on the saddle when you're putting out more power because you're putting more on the pedals than the saddle. This changes your sit points just a little bit, and that was a real, that was the first wow factor for mm, me. Mm. So for practical use, going up and down, it's a bit of fun, it's a bit of immersion, mm. but that relief on the saddle bones, and the mm. sit bones, mm. yeah, that was really, really good. So. Mm. Whether the uptake will be any good, I don't know. Well, um, that's the next question, Ray. Do you think it'll sell? Will it sell?
2: It'll sell, yeah, because cyclists buy anything. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> it'll sell. Except for an extra two dollars a month on Except our subscription. Except for two bucks, yes. Yeah. So that's that's the irony, right? You spend six hundred bucks on this, <laughs> but not two bucks
3: a month. But yeah. I think it won't sell as well as if it had been compatible with all all trainers, obviously. Speaking yeah. of the old trainers, I said to Chip, "Look, can this be compatible with any trainer?" He said, "Well, there's no reason why it can't." But yeah. Yeah. They have to make sure again the pivoting rear dropout so it doesn't chew through bikes and there's the commercial side of things as yeah. well. Do they want their product to work with others or Well, he he up, said to
0: so. me that they did. He said they've got no problem with that. At all.
4: Nobody was thinking about this when they built the trainers. So, um, that's not to say a retrofit kit can't be built. I'm sure we can come up with one. It just isn't on our immediate priority list. We got to get this thing out. We got to get um, you know, and get the get everything working well. You never know if if some of our competitors want to to make compatibility kits or they want to adapt their next gen and trainer to make it work and um, then we could have official compatibility as well you, you would work with other manufacturers oh absolutely absolutely I mean I would I, I think it's an awesome product and I w- I'm not purposely trying to leave it to the to you know just to our products.
0: Do you think this puts Wahoo back at the top of the innovation tree, Ray? I mean it's
3: yeah. uh,
0: the crowds around this. I mean I don't know whether it was particularly boring you back. I don't think it was actually, but but this was the thing that stood out. I mean there were crowds around that booth all day long. Is this Wahoo back innovating really nicely and cleverly?
2: Yeah, I think they're always they're always been innovating and doing lots of interesting stuff. I think it's just it's been tougher that sometimes it's not like a sexy, cool, tough, or sexy, cool thing. Like, it's one of those, like, oh, that's that's a really cool... Like, the Bolt is one that you're like, oh, that's a really well-executed unit. Mm. It may not be, like, the most sexy thing ever, but it's well-executed. And so that's something that I think they're getting back in that game on. Uh, I think, obviously, Tax stole the show with the neo two years ago, and then the Flux last year. And um, I think... In some ways, and that's where it kind of gets to, like, sexy versus practical, because in a lot of ways, if you were to go the most practical thing that we've seen new this summer slash year bike would be Elite and the Doretto in terms of being the most practical trainer mm. um, for the, the bang for the buck. Uh, so it's kind of, it's, you know, one or the other, I guess. Yeah. But,
0: if you weren't Shane Miller, if you weren't GP Lama, and manufacturers
3: gave you loads of free stuff mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. would you buy one? I'd sit back and watch and see how well it integrates, the final units, and, because uh, you can get, see read, read one or two or three reviews, mm. but it's the 300 people who have the real experience out there, so I'd be on the fence. Mm. A fence that doesn't move up and down just yet. <laughs> 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 comfortable. Ray, would you, uh, it's probably impossible for
0: you to answer this, because yep. you are surrounded by, actually it's not free stuff, because you always give it back, I'll isn't and you We're do back, actually yeah, yeah. buy things, I do actually you? buy yeah, 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 a lot yeah. of stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah. So would you buy this, would you buy this?
2: I probably would because I'm a geek Um, (laughs) not because I like yeah I don't know like it's tough I I was ashamed to answer I'm like I don't know like I would I would because I'm a geek but if I could hold back that impulse of not wanting to buy it just from a pure like geekiness standpoint I don't know if I would right away just because I don't I don't know if I'd spend that much time on Zwift Mm -hmm. all year round Mm -hmm. to make that worthwhile Mm -hmm. Um, that's to me it's a little bit tougher um And I think, in some ways, like I actually kind of prefer the tax neo as a trainer over the the kicker, mainly for sound and stuff like that. So. Yeah, kind of go both ways.
3: Yeah, if I could use it with other trainers for sure, because I'm switching trainers almost daily. Yeah, and if you could combine yeah. it with the Neo with the road feel yeah. as oh, well, yeah, 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 cool. So there's, I, th- a, yeah. I think
0: it would be a no-brainer if it worked with all the trainers. Yes, I mean at sure. the moment it's the cherry on the top tier of the cake. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. it was just the, like the cherry on the main cake, <laughs> I think I'd be banging my door a bite down. Of that cherry, probably, yes. Yeah. yes. I'm not sure if that analogy works, but I think it, I think it might do. I think it might. Shane do. took it somewhere, so. <laughs> Well, thanks guys. I mean, it, that, that is one that we will definitely watch with great mm. interest. And people ought to realize, I mean, that the thing that we saw at the Eurobike was a prototype and this thing is some way off. I think it's July, yeah. it was, uh, no, no, actually November, Christmas. Yeah, November, yeah, or November hopefully, December, December, Christmas. Or summer, yeah. 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 But it is some way off. Um, the other thing that we saw at Eurobike, which is, has got the hallmarks of being a kind of major, major development, was also a prototype and that was the smart bike. From tax, Uh, this looks as though it could be the dawning of a new age for reasons that we will talk about shortly. Um, That again was only a prototype. Uh, There are there was a slightly mysterious, dark-looking video from What Bike, and we'll talk about that again uh, in, in a few moments. But the smart bike could be the next great turn of the wheel, the next really big leap forward for indoor training. So let's take a a little more detailed look at what the smart bike is and what it might mean.
5: I'm extremely excited to see the arrival of these smart
0: bikes over the next 12 months. You should not need to be a cyclist to Zwift. Eric Min giving the keynote speech at the Zwift Summit. And now the smart bike is here. Well, nearly. Tax was showing off a prototype at Eurobike. So what exactly is a smart bike? Eric, again. Bikes as the modern-day
5: stationary bike that every household should have. It's a highly integrated, interactive indoor bike with electronic shifting and coasts unlike the traditional spin bike
0: and will work out of the box with Zwift. Based on the Neo platform, it's acknowledged that the smart bike is a long way from being ready. But the idea is to bring it out of the garage or basement and into the home, appealing to the whole family. Its design mimics a piece of furniture, not an oily bike with a dirty chain. So I'm with Simon Tax uh, of Tax, Mr. Tax himself. Um, Simon, the tax neo smart two big questions I think when and how much when
5: and when and how much two difficult questions uh, the when is um, before next season definitely we're working hard on this project it's a lot of work it's something new to us uh, but I I have good hopes um, first or second quarter of, uh, of next year and how much, uh, also a difficult question, uh, we don't know actually, the product isn't finalized, what you see on Eurobike it's uh, it's just a concept showing what we're working on, so it's it's
0: difficult to say how, how yeah what the pricing will be. I, I think it's fairly safe to assume though that it's going to be more expensive than the Neo, and if I gave you the figure of say 2,000 euro, do you think that might be, I know it's really hard because you don't know the, the specification of it, but it's not, It's not going to be a cheap option, is it? Uh,
5: It's definitely not going to be cheaper than a Neo. It's probably a little bit more expensive. Um, Yeah, the product offers a lot more functionality. It's a a larger product, I think uh, a little bit over 2000. The goal is uh, to make it as low as possible, but uh,
0: yeah. Tax are not the only company working on a smart bike. Elite, the respected Italian manufacturer, is more than toying with the concept. And Cyclops, with the successful hammer and other trainers, as well as the power tap range in its heritage, is also thought to be working up prototypes.
3: Introducing the unrivaled Wattbike Atom.
0: Wattbike, the British manufacturer, is closest and is due to launch the Atom soon after Eurobike. When it comes to improving performance, nothing comes close. But judging from the marketing materials, they are targeting the hardcore cyclist. Is it something that my my teenage kids might ride, or my wife might ride? Do you think it's going to appeal to to people who are not hardcore cyclists? That seems to be the aim.
5: That's definitely part of uh, of, of why we are developing a product like this. Um, with a with a Neo or a Flux, you definitely need your own bike. Uh, and with this product, uh, a smart bike, you don't need anything. So it's your yeah, a little bit flirting maybe with the fitness uh, industry, uh, but I think the majority of the people who are uh, buying a product like this in the end is in the in between like hardcore cyclists and, uh, and fitness uh, and everything what's in between there. We as a company just like to create stuff we like ourselves and we believe in, and this is one of those projects. Uh, it could be a massive success. It could be a massive disaster. <laughs>
0: we will see. <laughs> it, it opens it up from from hardcore, small amount of people who are are cyclists, that's a slightly strange bunch of people, to really the rest of the world and anybody who is interested in keeping fit and not schlepping to the gym to do it. How big is it, Ray? How
2: big could this smart bike revolution be? It's going to totally depend on software. I mean, I think... Uh, everyone's looking at this because of what Peloton's done, right? Nice. So it's actually not at all Zwift at this point. It's purely Peloton and saying, oh wow, Peloton's really caught on. Um, of course, the dirty little secret is the Peloton bike is less than ideal, less than awesome hardware underneath the covers. But it doesn't matter because no one cares. They care mm. about the experience of the software and the screen and the whole thing. Mm. And it's it's awesome. It's beautiful. Like it's really, really well executed. I'm not convinced. I think like I it works well in the peloton scenario because like my wife looks at the peloton bike she's like get me one of those now i want that i want to be able to jump on a bike um and not have to set things up like because her has a tri bike that has rear-facing dropouts, so you put it on a direct drive trainer it's kind of a mess to hook on there and she just hates dealing with all that she just wants to get on and go yeah so hey uh, for her Look. a call indoor cycling bike um is is ideal uh and the peloton experience is something she's excited about whether or not that translates to like the Zwift world is tricky because a lot of these people already have bikes. So mm. now you're taking something that, in a best case scenario, starts off at $1,500. Um, so the price of a Neo uh, for an indoor bike, and then could go up to $3,000 plus, uh, which is, you know, taxes talking 2500 to 3000 yeah. bucks right yeah. now, yeah. Uh, which I'll flat out say, and I told them straight to their face yesterday when they said that's too much. Yeah. End of story. Yeah. Yeah. Too it's much. Too, it is too much. Um, and yeah. I think we're going to see that in the very near term with other stuff. That's yeah. just that trying to go 25 to 3 is too much. Yeah.
0: Way. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that could be a huge barrier to this. Spreading out to what should we call them? Normal people, it opens, price, up a whole price. New,
3: it opens up a whole new world. But yeah, that's that's a big investment at the moment. At $1,500 for a smart trainer, it's like buying a new bike anyway because you see, you're still using your own bike, but again, the bike you chose that you put the bar tape on and you chose that saddle and that group set and yep. you love it. It's the same bike you ride outside, the experience just changes a little bit. For $1,500, you've got a whole new discipline. The spin bike, I've always been not a fan of the thing. I don't mm. want to ride something that's just absolutely rigid, like mm. riding a brick fence. It needs to have a bit of flex and a bit of yeah. realism. But tools.
0: you're coming at that from a cyclist point Purely of view. Purely from a roadie point of view, for are. sure. From, yeah. from the hardcore yeah. point of view. Yeah. I mean, I suppose the one thing to consider, I mean, I asked Simon Tax about this, and I said 2,000 euro, and he, didn't demur and it could well be much more than that Mm. but let's say that's divided between four people in the family who use it okay let's say all four of those people have got gym memberships let's say you can't be bothered to drive to the gym which costs you money in petrol and diesel and Mm. gas uh you know does it then start
3: to look a little bit it, more of a if realistic you're coming up option? with the, uh, a financial use case for something at home it's sort of extending itself a little bit we all look at, we all go buy an apple tv the whole family yeah. can use the apple tv yeah. but we're yeah. like oh that's 300 dollars oh yeah. that's a lot yeah. of money yeah, this is 10 times that potentially yeah. so yeah. it's going to be a hard sell whether I mean, they some, go that route mm. we've
2: seen i mean companies just already there's that crazy ProForm bike whatever it is with the guy wearing the helmet that we always see there on the tour de france ads right where it goes <laughs> up and down i mean that's that same price point <laughs> yeah. and uh, it hasn't done well. In the grand scheme of well, it hasn't done awesome like it's But Peloton done. has. Peloton has because mm-hmm. it's engaging and because it's super exciting and mm-hmm. it's something that you're seeing live humans. You're seeing ex- live you can human. see the experience you're going to yeah. be provided yeah. Yeah. with before yeah. you even buy and yeah. people say, that, I want that. Yeah. Yes. But sure. Zwift are playing with this.
0: Zwift have got the capability of doing this. They're yeah. very shortly going to introduce coached rides mm-hmm. where yep. there might be a pro cyclist who is telling you what it should feel like to sprint. I mean, that is... I'm not saying they're ripping off the peloton model they're not but it's yeah. a, it's a similar kind of thing there's a human being there talking to you about how you should
2: feel and how good this is for you yep.
0: so, so Zwift maybe have the capabilities to to do a peloton on this
2: yeah I think they certainly could um it's it's just getting in that market and finding a way to convince people to put indoor bikes and I think peloton is right now like all people I talk to peloton are not largely people at the show they are people um, that are have a bike because someone else in their family is not a cyclist. Mm. There's someone who would normally go to spin class, and this is replacing the spin class purchase, mm. right? Yeah. So, I mean, the Peloton app is 30 to 40 bucks a month on top of the bike purchase, so you're still yeah. talking a fair bit there. Um, but like you said, you know, a spin class, depending on your gym, could be 40 bucks per class. Yeah. This, you can easily justify and go, oh, I just I paid this in you know in one class worth for the month. Um, so speaking of which, if folks are hearing what sounds like a war zone behind us, <laughs> it's thunder I think.
0: Or, is it thunder?
2: Or something?
0: There's something coming. Very yeah. grey yeah, it sure. It's gone very dark. Lucky we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> indoor cycling yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we're yeah. actually kind of indoors here. We have a raised expansive yeah. awning, but the camera is not. So if I stop, it's currently wrapped. Actually, <laughs> hello Rafa. It's currently wrapped <laughs> in a brand new Rafa jacket, one of those super waterproof things. That's so why we all keep.
2: Kind of looking at it every once in a while. The jacket like flutters up this way. We're just waiting for it
0: to wrap around the camera. But if I suddenly spring up and knock knock everything over, it's because uh, it's
3: because there's a deluge is yeah. going to
0: kill the camera.
3: Back onto the smart bikes. My yeah. take on what I'm seeing and the rumours I'm hearing. I still think we're twelve months oh delayed. yeah 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 these, yeah, yeah. Things, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. these things need yeah. to be on the market now and up riding them yeah. even if not we saw with the climb it's out we can buy it soon we can yeah. see what it's all about a lot of people these these smart bikes are still just rumors yeah, yeah. too slow but they're me. not
0: yeah well it is slow but they're definitely coming
3: they're i mean com- again when i spoke to eric he said here. yeah but he
0: said there's one coming q1 there's another one q2 there's another q3 Informally we spoke to trainer companies yesterday, they all yes. said they were working on them, Everyone's so they're going to be for sure they're year. coming, and that raises another question really, if all these guys are, are, are putting big resource, big R&D resource, big manufacturing resource, prototype resource, they're all kind of betting, well they're not betting the farm on it, but they're, they believe it's going to work at these price
3: levels, now are they, are they all wrong? It depends if it works for them as a company if they're a pure roadie company and haven't been in that space before they might struggle but if they can adopt other things that have been successful for companies that are already there Wattbike, for example they're in that space already Are they coming over to the roadie space is there a sort of a convergence of those two me coming from the pure roadie point of view yeah. not the spin class point of view yeah it depends on the company i guess and how they execute and how good the product actually is and, and
0: they're also all scared of being left behind i think
3: they are and i think the thing to keep in mind is that in,
2: when once you start talking indoor bikes depending on how well you build that bike the individual cyclist is actually a smaller part of the potential pie for them um, yeah. because they can go into gyms they can go into yeah. that area and that's something that as wahoo's learning yes gyms are complex but they're also really rich environments because the companies that are in those environments today mostly suck um, and so from a technology standpoint they're not there and so yeah. if you take these you know leading technology companies the cycling world the tax, the elites the uh, Wahoos uh, and stick them into the gym market with something that's connected and cool mm-hmm. and you layer a Zwift or a Peloton or whatever the heck you want on top of that uh, the gym comes back and says oh I can sell this too for 45 bucks a session
0: yeah. or
3: whatever they want. Well, yeah. Trainer dominates in the gyms still. Yeah. CompuTrainer yeah. aren't even around anymore. Yeah. It's a good solution for yep. people to use. So if yeah. these bikes can be that, they can just box them up and Six forty of them in one place. Mm -hmm. Supporting one, I guess, company that has forty of them is a lot cheaper than supporting forty individuals that have individual problems with theirs. So it makes sense if they can get more volume out.
0: Yeah. Uh, it does look to be the next turn of the wheel in indoor cycling, although it may not even be called cycling. It may just be called.
3: No, oh, no, it's got to be called
0: cycling. <laughs> it's, don't call it speed. Don't call it speed. Uh, one to watch with huge interest. This area, and we will be doing. And uh, we're going to take a slight break now because there is actually a full-scale thunderstorm just about to break. <laughs> Okay, we're back. Uh, the thunderstorm has arrived actually, it's pretty, pretty dramatic. Ray, uh, a keenly priced trainer from Elite, the Dorito as, as we, uh, we love to call it, um, keenly priced, surprise, surprise, in short supply. Uh, they don't have the stock levels, they are making noises about uh, not being able to, to make them fast enough. Yep. I mean, what is it with trainer companies?
2: i think it's tough i mean they obviously they they expected they would have a good product but not i think as good as they end up having which sounds silly but mm. ultimately they made a product that's awesome um and in doing that it's going to become kind of the trainer to have for that mid-tier market and even probably displace a lot of fire in sales uh this this winter and so um you know and elite's actually been really good historically and this year as well in terms of hitting their timelines i mean they they hit all their timelines within a week, yeah. basically, and yeah. of when they expected production to start, when they expected production to ship, and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's just a case of now selling a lot of them and having about a hillbott volume.
0: Um, looking at my uh, my sound levels, I'm sure you can still hear us, but that, that rain is pretty pretty loud, it's pretty full on. The is definitely coming. Um, Shane, we went mm-hmm. to see together, we, we went to talk to uh, an Australian company called Jet Black. Now. Yes. Jet they've kind of flown under my radar, really. I'm not very aware of them. I don't know if their UK distribution is that, is that fantastic, but they're not a company that I know a lot about. Uh, they've come up with a smart trainer, which they call the, the, the Whisper Choir. Yep. You had a quick go on it
3: yesterday. Yeah, well, what do we know about them? I'm um, surprisingly little. Unfortunately, they're from out of Sydney, actually. So not too far from home, but uh, most of the trainer manufacturers I work with are on this side of the globe, they're local. I haven't actually ridden one. There's a few people who ride the Whisper Drive, the Direct Drive non-Smart Trainer because it is quiet. Um, this is their Smart Trainer entry. That last year they were here with the concept of that and it's taken them until now to get something almost ready to go which is in about four weeks or so. Mm. That's about all we know.
6: Yeah. Hi, I'm Trent, I'm the founder of Jet Black, or co-founder of Jet Black, uh, 14 years ago from uh, Sydney. So just, Europe's been probably our, our, our weak, weak point of view. Uh, so that's why we're at the show now, trying to make some inroads. It looks pretty small and neat. What does it weigh? It weighs all up 17.5 kilograms. So um, it, it's, it's great for travel, the way it all folds in. and We've designed the feet so they completely fold in uh, to make it nice and easy for traveling.
0: The Whisper Drive soft launched last year and it's what Frank calls self-generating. In other words, it doesn't need plugging in. In fact, uh, the rider can even generate a small current. Seems a very comprehensive offer.
6: Why have we not heard more of you? Do you not spend enough money on advertising? (laughs) Probably, that's a good point there. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, at home, our core businesses were a distributor of many famous brands in Australia. Uh, We've uh, pushed out and just really starting to take the global market now in this, in this category.
3: Yes, yeah, putting back into the system and doing
0: that out. So Shane, it's notoriously difficult to judge the uh, quietness or noisiness of trainers, particularly at trade shows, but here is the Jet Black trainer,
3: the Whisper Drive. Is it Whisper Quiet? I can't hear it on the bike here, there's a lot of ambient noise, but no, it definitely definitely doesn't have a whine to it like we know from a lot of other trainers. It does seem very quiet, doesn't it? It does seem very quiet. How does it feel? It's actually not bad. I need some clip-ins and uh, I need to be kitted up to give it a full run for its money, but uh, it's not a slog. Some trainers you jump on and the inertia's not there, you've got to really turn the pedal over to get it going. This, as a direct drive trainer, yeah, it feels good. The trainer
0: that Shane just
3: had a, a very quick go
0: on, you're, you're, you're uh, selling it as a quiet trainer, it does seem very quiet, uh, just tell us a bit
6: about the price point. It's taken us a little bit longer than what we thought to come in, enter into the smart category, but uh, it's definitely been uh, worth it. It's, uh, this, this trainer here, the Whisper Drive Smart, it'll retail for around $1,099 US, uh, which puts us in a real sweet spot in the market. And this is the first time that the world's seen it at uh, Eurobike, it's a uh, new launch here? We did a soft launch last year, we showed the concept to our distributors last year about the smart trainer. Uh, of course there's a lot of great competition, some fantastic companies we're coming up against. So when we looked at the benchmarking towards them, we wanted something that would play in the, in the very top percentage alongside them. And uh, I assume it's fully Zwift compatible? Absolutely, it is. So Swift have got it right now in there authorising it all.
0: So uh, Ray, I think let's just pick up on Jet Black because you were saying yep. you, you you're a bit like us. You don't know too much about them,
2: but yeah, so I, I've just chatted with them. I saw them at Interbike last year um, and chatted with them a little bit there, and I think they've got an interesting product. Um, I just haven't seen it like actually shipped yet. Like I think that's, I talked to them last year and I thought, I'm not sure, maybe they have shipped something between last year and now. Um, so they obviously, they've got to get out the door. If you miss that Eurobike timeframe, it's really, really tough Eurobike in our timeframe because people and, and trainer guides across a large number of, of sites are published around now-ish and the next, you know, four to six weeks. And so if you're not there, it's you're kind of not there for the year. Um, so I think they could be onto something. It's just, they got to get a product out the door. Yeah.
0: Well, a company that's got plenty of products out the door is Cyclops. So I cruised by their stand to see what's new.
7: Eric Elbers. I'm the product manager for Cyclops and PowerTap. You revamped significantly your software offering. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We made a decision this last year to uh, go through a brand change on our Cyclops virtual training. Um, you know, for really one big primary reason uh, virtual training itself is a pretty generic term and uh, you know you search that in Google and it's uh, you're gonna get a lot of a lot of results so uh, we really want something unique that would stand out identifiable and he's called Ruby Ruby yeah Ruby yeah, it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, it's a name we came up with. Uh, We thought it was unique and, uh, you know, we said we revamped it, but really the look, the feel, the data, everything's really the same. It's all there. Uh, So it's just a simple update that we pushed out and, um, yeah.
0: It's an interesting option because if you look at the £800 gorilla in the room, it, it's Zwift it and for, for that reason a lot of trainer manufacturers, if they're not quite dialing back on their own software, they're maybe just maintaining it but you're you're pushing ahead with it. Do you think that's kind of brave given that Zwift sweeps all before it? Um,
7: Well, no, I don't think it's brave at all. I mean, uh, you know, Zwift uh, came about, started offering beta in uh, 2014. Uh, We launched public release in 2012. So, I mean, we've been doing this for a while. Um, And we, like you said, we are continuing to add features to it. Um, We're we're integrating uh, right now with our PowerTap P1 pedals. So as you're riding Ruby, you can get your advanced pedal metrics at the same time. And it'll actually be able to record them second by second. So you have post-ride analysis within Ruby, within our our web portal. Uh, so yeah, we're continuing to develop. But at the same time, we love Zwift. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, everybody loves Zwift, you know, or particularly trainer manufacturers. Absolutely. But when you look at the way that cyclists are now being charged for these services, they're usually subscription models. And a lot of cyclists will think, hmm, one subscription a month maybe, two might be pushing it. Yeah, you'd be surprised. We have a lot of users that do use both.
7: Um, you know, a lot of our user base um, you know, will we'll switch back and forth. Uh, the ability to go on to Ruby and ride any Ironman course that's out there in advance, um, big benefit to the community. Uh, so we see a benefit for that side of training, uh, but also Zwift and what it brings on the community side is, is a big part of it too so uh, you'd be surprised a lot of our users are actually dual users
0: and talking about price the P1 pedals which well I'll confess they're my favorite power meters they're a great set of pedals very reliable very solid Uh, and you brought them down in price is this the start of a price war in in power meters we've been expecting a long time
7: um, I, I don't know, price war, um, I think just technology is getting cheaper, um, you know I, there's some other great products that were released uh, recently um, and um, you know we just want to make sure we're staying relevant, um, we still think we obviously have a really great product, um, the durability, the ease of installation uh, still really doesn't get any better than the P1 pedal and um, with a new price um, it's just more affordable for people.
0: And you're continuing with hub-based power meters. You obviously think there's still a future there.
7: Yeah, absolutely. Hub's not going anywhere. Uh, we're a big believer in hub. Um, you know, we got some things we're working on for the future on, uh, in the hub spot, um, you know, especially when it comes to compatibility on disc brake road bikes, uh, you know, with the popularity of thru axles. So uh, we're continuing to add compatibility and we're a big believer in the hub because that's really one of the only power meters that's measuring that power that gets to the ground.
0: At the Hammer now is is it's going into its second indoor season. It's been very well reviewed. It's a very well respected trainer. You don't see too much grief on the forums with people having problems with it. Is it selling as many as you'd like to? Yes
7: always want to sell more (laughs) we can always sell more Um, you know it's it's been a great trainer like you said the market's been uh, really responsive we have great feedback Um, but uh, everybody wants to sell more
0: more popular in the in the in the US than than in Europe is that is that right
7: Uh, sure I mean based in the US um, with distribution pricing it's a little easier Um, you know the dollar being strong now it it gets a little challenging sometimes outside of the States but um, you know we work with our distributors, we work. Uh, you know, try to you know be as flexible as we can uh, to be competitive in, in alternative markets. So,
0: Shane, what? I mean, I think we've covered the main the main things. It's not been as an exciting a year as it was last year. I mean, the decline was great. The climb was great. Um, mm-hmm. What else
3: has caught your eye at bank The can we talk about the Garmin power meter yet? I think. There's a wow factor of the climb, that's great. Mm. But what we're seeing this year is more of a a refinement and perfection of what's already there. Nothing brand new. Well, the climb is new, it's brand new, that's pretty cool. Uh, The Direto, we're seeing just a little bit of refinement made. Killer power accuracy, a little Mm. bit lower price point, that's Mm. what people want to see. Mm. Those pedals though, have caught my eye. Mm. They're everything, I mean, I love my P1s. Yeah, me too. And everything I couldn't stand about the the original Vectors 1 and 2, and Mm. having to carry that torque wrench around, that's a pain in the ass, it really Mm. is. Mm. They've solved all the problems with those pedals. No problems. Ray pulled them out of the box yesterday, yeah. and they were super sexy tech. And yeah. the, like the technology that you don't know is yeah. there. If you saw somebody yeah. with those on your bike, unless you knew on, on their bike and you didn't know what you were looking at, you wouldn't know there's a power meter on the bike. Yeah. So for the weight weenies, they'll love it. For people who don't want to keep adding new things to their bike and adding this and that, yeah. it solves that problem. And you can buy it in a box. You yeah. can walk into the shop, pick out the power meter you want. There's no... Bottom bracket compatibility issue. There's no 10 speed, 11 speed. Where are we at yeah. speed? Mountain bike, road bike. up oh, the road pedals. But yeah. it's just an easy solution going, and a good price point too. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. So it's a good, it's a good unit. It'll do well.
3: Yeah, yeah. What so, what else has caught
0: your eye?
2: Uh, you know, like Shinta, it's kind of more refinement year. I think last year we saw a lot of new products, a lot of new stuff from a lot of companies this year is a bit more of just a a breather year and and catching things up uh, aside from like the climb, but a lot of companies are just sort of focused on refinement. I mean, outside of like the smart bike for tax, which is, not coming for another year, so that's still, you know, a year yeah. away. Um, they didn't really have anything else to show from a trainer standpoint. Um, so maybe some firmware updates coming down the road near term, but nothing nothing major. Uh, and the same with CycleOps and the same with, you know, a lot of other people. Uh, so I think it's been kind of a quiet year, and uh, which is all right. Obviously, there was the Vector yesterday, there was, uh, two days ago, whatever it was, um, and there was the Edge 1030. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, those are sort of, again, more evolutionary updates. So they are revolutionary. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I have noticed. I mean, I spent a couple of days before Eurobike cycling around. You have done any cycling around here? Uh, a little bit, yeah. yeah. E-bikes are just enormous. I've, I've walked I mean, to and just from
3: enormous. Eurobike, yeah. and people are shooting past as I'm walking yeah. on the footpath, and I'm like, they are fast cyclists around here. Oh, hang yeah. on, wait. Yeah, it's e-bikes galore. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, it's incredible. I went for a ride,
0: 50 mile ride, around Switzerland, which is just over the border here, just over the lake. Oh, such a beautiful ride. I maybe saw, uh, these are very rough numbers. I saw maybe 150 cyclists, Mm -hmm. two road cyclists. Rest of them were either on mountain bikes or, and the majority of them were on e-bikes. And these were ordinary people. You know, this is utility cycling, Uh, fantastic facilities around here. Lots and lots of lanes, lots and lots of uh, completely segregated cycleways. I mean, coming from the UK, it just makes me weep that we're so far behind, to be honest. Yes. But here, it, it, it is, it's it's kind of paradise for cycling.
2: It is, and e-bikes are incredibly popular in Germany in general, and they, mm. they sell really well here. And, You know, if I looked at the U.S. side of things, they don't sell it all there. And a lot of that's because of restrictions, right? In the U.S., they're restricted on how fast they can go Mm -hmm. and all the different parameters of what they can do and can't do and where they can go. And so the market just eventually, you know, you keep removing pieces from it and it goes away. And, of course, there's the reality of traffic and and bike lanes and stuff like that in the U.S. is is a whole different situation than it is here. I mean, here, bikes are respected. In the U.S., it's more Mm -hmm. of a... Um, Nuisance. Yeah, exactly at <laughs> best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or something to take out it of, off the road. So mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, very interesting. I recommend cycling
0: around here if you if you ever get the chance. It's uh, it's a fantastic experience. Uh, Shame. One thing you would take away from your bike if you were given a free choice, what would it be? product wise? Yeah, just anything you like. Anything you like that you've seen. What would you take away?
3: That's a tough one.
2: Yeah,
0: I'll come back to you because I think Ray might be more decisive. Uh, I think... I know exactly what I want. Go on.
2: I want the blimp right there. Ah! <laughs> I, want, I want the gigantic blimp that is out It here. takes off every half an hour. <laughs> I keep posting
3: uh, photos on Instagram live of it <laughs> people say, it never gets old, does it? I'm like, nope. Every yeah. time I just sit there and watch it, yeah. it's just, I not It's don't incredibly know. Don't, expensive to go for a ride. I don't know what it is about blimps. I see they do jo- joy rides. What is the cost? So for I looked it up for an
2: hour, it's like 440 or 450 euros yeah. Yeah. Yep, and for wow. half an where it's like two forty or two twenty, something like that. that's too much. Um, yeah, I, like I would have been like, okay, for once in a lifetime, i will go for a blip, maybe like a hundred bucks or yeah. hundred and twenty, but to the point. Anyway, back to the point.
0: Not in this Back to the point. The one thing I would take away, actually, I would, I because I'm shallow like this, mm-hmm. and I like innovation, and I'm nerdy, and I get bored mm-hmm. cycling a lot of the time when I have to do it a lot of the time, if you know what I mean. Uh, I'd take the climb. I, just, I really like the climb. Okay. I really okay. like the climb. It I'm, is great.
3: As I said before, I'm still on the fence about that, whether it's the practicality or whether it's a bit of a wow factor. I do like that it's got eyes on this field. People are looking at this, like, mm. what the hell are they doing there? Oh, oh, indoor cycling, that's the thing. Mm. It'll get more people looking at the market. Yeah. Um, look, I'll go back to a last year's product a, a road bike with disc brakes. They've now been allowed oh, for racing don't get in Australia. Me started
0: I can on go. That. I, 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 that's that's not what I'll do. Get me started on disc brakes. <laughs> Complete. Unnecessary thing for roadside. Some of them look good. Those bikes are looking
3: nice though. They, they, let's not have that. I'd, I'd like to look at them now. I'm no, you'll around. make me mad. You'll make me mad.
2: <laughs> we had downhills today. Today, like today, we might be using disc brakes. Bingo. <laughs> there we go. Practical. Yeah. All those pedals. Those pedals were nice too.
0: Ray, your very, very favorite thing apart from the blimp.
2: Uh, apart from the blimp, I, I think the climb is really interesting. Um, I think, you know, where tax ago with the smart bike could be interesting as well to look at. Mm. Um, I like looking at all the random stuff at, at mm. Eurobike, aside yeah. from the blimp. Um, like the smart bike washing machines, like, <laughs> like the fact that you can put this bike in this little like sideways porta potty. I want to jump and in one. Clean. I
3: think it'll be efficient for humans yeah. too. Maybe
2: be a bit scratchy, but yeah. yeah, like I would, I would pick that. Like if that would be one thing I could walk into the show floor and pick something out. Imagine like, my washing. Machines. One
3: thing with Eurobike that people don't ever see, and I'll try and run around with a camera today and grab some as well. There's a lot of Asian manufacturers here, very small and niche, yeah. and they have some really obscure products yeah. where you're like, I haven't thought of that before. They've got yeah. a solution to. S- yeah. Yep. it's amazing is it 1300 exhibitors or 1400 exhibitors like that, lot, you, we yeah. can't see them all in a day yeah, yeah, so yeah. i mean I've, 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 I've kind of trudged around for work
0: and hit the big targets yeah. uh, whether i would actually it, well i probably would look round for pleasure but i think i'd probably go to, to, to lots of different places but the, i mean the range uh, of stuff that you see here is amazing i think we said this last year if you do get a chance to come to europe you really should it's it's just an amazing thing yeah. Ray, thank you very much indeed for your time. Thanks for the shelter, actually, <laughs> the, inside the, uh, the Raymaker RV. Uh, Shane, thank you very much for your time and your assistance. We've done a bit of work together over the, over the past couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks, guys. That's it for this special edition of the ZwiftCast Eurobike. See you soon, folks and if you'll forgive the rumbling in the background because I'm on a train as I record this just time to say thank you to Zwift for their continued support of the podcast helps us to get to places like Eurobike and bring you all the latest news which we hope is of interest to Zwifters Um, but despite that support Zwift have no influence at all on what we say during the Zwiftcast thanks very much for listening folks see you next time